Hello, and welcome to the Tom's Hardware Show. I'm your host, Sharon Harding, and today we're talking ray tracing and checking out Razer's latest wireless gaming mouse. So we are live, everybody, and we are taking questions from the audience. So if you have anything you'd like to ask, just drop your question into the chat on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll try to discuss it on air. So joining me today, we have Tom's Hardware Managing Editor, Matt Safford. How are you, Matt? I am all right. And uh, we have some fun background noise today. Yeah, sorry about that. Hopefully it goes away soon. I tried to wager our bargain with the <laughs> construction workers. We'll see. Apologies about that. Um, but we also have senior GPU editor here, Jared Walton. What's up, Jared? Doing good. No background noise here. Um, you should have tried to bribe him with some, I don't know, Chia or Bitcoin. Graphics <laughs> cards. That's right. Beer. Beer will be my next, <laughs> my next move. Offer them a mouse. Hey, I'll give you this mouse if you guys stop making noise. <laughs> that I have plenty of, actually, but... That's for later. Um, so our topic today is whether or not ray tracing, after being available in mainstream games for a few years now, like Battlefield Five, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Control, is it actually worth it? Um, so of course, you'll need a certain level of GPU to get these enhanced reflections and shadows, but it also comes with a frame rate hit, right? So when I hear this question, you know, is ray tracing worth it? You know, is it noticeable? Does it actually make a difference? What generally comes to my mind first is that it depends on, you know, which types of ray tracing a game is using and how many of them. So it kind of depends um, from game to game. Um, Matt, what are your initial thoughts on that question of is ray tracing worth it? I mean, I think it still comes down a lot to like, is it available in a game you want to play, right? I mean, it's there are plenty more than there were ray tracing games than there were a couple years ago, but you know, there still isn't a game that I feel like I really want or really need to play that has ray tracing, um, you know. And then at this point, it really comes down to, do you have hardware that can handle it? Because, you know, what's worth it now if you have to like buy a 3080 <laughs> at today's prices to play it? I think for most people, it's not worth it. What do you think, Jared? Your initial yeah, graphics. I mean, it, it is very much, do you already have the graphics card? Because if you don't, then buying a PC graphics card right now is not worth it. I, I mean, literally from three generation old GTX 10 series up through your modern RTX 30 series and RX 6000 series, it's like they're all overpriced. And so if you've already got like an RTX 2080 Super, 2080 Ti, or you manage to get lucky and buy an RTX 30 series or RX 6000 series, I'm like, yeah, I think there's definitely games where it makes a difference and I turn it on. Uh, my kids love Minecraft. Uh, I've got two boys that think Minecraft is great and they always are like, hey, I wanna get on the Minecraft RTX version because my, my little 10 year old is a computer nerd. Shocking, right? Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is the one time <laughs> 
I swap graphics cards all the time because I test graphics cards, right? So he hops on my system and it's got RTX mode enabled or it's really DirectX ray tracing. So it's DXR mode is enabled in Minecraft. He's like, dad, like, this is horrible. What is, like, why is it so bad? And I'm like, oh, that's because I swapped out the RTX 3090 that used to be in there with an RX 6800 XT. Um, and it was running at 4K. So like Minecraft runs at your monitors, well, your desktop's resolution. So normally it's at 4K on my desktops. And so, you know, 4K full path tracing in Minecraft, that is not gonna be a happy experience on any of AMD's cards. Um, if you've got RTX and you've got DLSS enabled, um, it actually isn't too bad on like the 3080, 3090, but it also gets kind of chuggy on the lower tier cards, even like a 3070 or 2080 Ti probably drops down to maybe 30, 35 frames per second with DLSS at 4K. And it's like, yeah, so you, you just want to run at a lower resolution or whatever, and then it's not nearly as bad. But uh, it is funny, like even kids who uh, who don't really know all the technology, my, my two boys are like, oh, yeah, we like the ray tracing. It looks better. We like the way the torch looks and the water looks and stuff. And I'm like, so you took the easiest game to render that can pretty much run on a potato. And then you like enhanced all of the graphics and visuals with ray tracing. And now it requires one of the most powerful graphics cards around to run properly. So, uh, um, but you know, other games, Fortnite, I, I don't think the ray tracing there is like really important for most people, at least if they're playing multiplayer competitive Fortnite. Same with Call of Duty, uh, especially like uh, I should go on a rant here for a minute. Like shadows is the least impressive use of ray tracing and, you know, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, as well as the Black Ops uh, Cold War expansion uh, standalone game like Ray tracing shadows, I can leave those off and not feel like I'm missing hardly anything because shadow mapping does a decent job of faking it. AMD's got four promoted games that have DirectX ray tracing and they do shadows in all four of them. So you've got World of Warcraft Shadowlands, you've got Dirt 5, you've got Godfall, and you've got Rift Riftbreaker, which is an RTS. The RTS, the shadows made the most difference because you've kind of got a top-down view and when light blows up like you see all the shadows kind of spreading out around the player um which isn't there without the ray tracing i i kind of think it could have been done with shadow mapping they just didn't do it but uh but the other games i'm like you can turn off the shadows and i don't feel like you're really missing anything so if you're going to do ray tracing i feel like you really got to go after the lighting aspect not just the shadows but the global illum illumination as well as reflections and ambient occlusion and all those things and then it starts making a bigger difference and it also makes a bigger difference to your performance and so uh, it's not really a good fit for multiplayer games competitive multiplayer games right now is kind of my take that's interesting that you brought up minecraft because that's i think one of the games that people are often like why would you even bother adding it to Minecraft, but it's because the graphics are so low to start that it brings such an impact when you add that advanced feature. Yeah. yeah, and the interesting thing for Minecraft is I like to play it and max out the view distance just because I want to be able to see into the distance. And if you're playing without ray tracing, your default view distance, I think, is 32 blocks. Uh, I'm not positive on that, but you can crank it up to, I think, 96 blocks, which is a pretty far distance in the Minecraft world. Um, if you're playing with 
ray tracing, the default is eight blocks and you can max it out at 24 blocks. And I'm like, oh yeah. So, you know, if, uh, if you're trying to see something in the distance and you have ray tracing on, even if you've maxed out the distance, uh, you can't see really that far. So that's funny because we were, my kids and I were playing and I'd gone off and built like a tunnel somewhere. And then we wanted to go back to our starting base. And so I built a little tower straight up in the air so that you could see where we came out of the ground and, and just run back. And I was like, oh, but you can't actually see the tower from our home base. So I had to like build intermediate towers or whatever along the way to point you in the right direction. Um, if you turned off ray tracing and maxed out your view distance, it's like, oh yeah, you can see the tower. It's just over that way. So it, it's it's this compromise. And I think it's going to remain a pretty big compromise in games that implement ray tracing for a long time. Um, I guess we've also got Metro Exodus is getting their new enhanced ray tracing update is coming out like uh what a week or two from now uh with dlss 2.0 so i'm interested to see what they did there because the original game only used it for global illumination which was like the lighting effects but not actually shadows and not reflections um and and so i i'm hoping that the the new and improved version actually looks better and runs better because of dlss 2.0 so Okay, so we talked about kind of, you know, the different uh, levels of effectiveness, right, um, ray tracing has on different games. And we have a question from Naomi Zach. Hi, Naomi. Asking, is ray tracing worth it on a PvP game, or is it better suited for immersive fantasy games? Um, so that's interesting, because I think, because obviously we talk about, you know, you lose some frames, and a lot of Tom's hardware readers and among us and the staff are, you know, performance enthusiasts, you know, like um, fast frame rates, low settings, things like that, the best components. But I think there's also another side where there are people who are like image quality extremists, like high resolution, um, expensive monitors with high contrast, maybe even a premium backlight, HDR, things like that. Um, so I think there's an argument for that side of people who, you know, some people play games because they like to enjoy the artistic environment and the graphics and things like that and aren't necessarily competitive. So when it comes to like an immersive fantasy game, I actually, personally, I think, oh, that could be interesting because that's the kind of game where I might be enjoying the environment and things like that um, versus like if I'm playing more competitively in a PVP game, person versus person, whatever, player versus player, maybe I want those um, better frame rates because I'm being more competitive. Um, what do you yeah, guys there's think? there's very much this like dichotomy where you've got the one on the one hand, Nvidia is going like, hey, ray tracing, image quality, like it's so important. We got to crank up the visuals, and and if you've got a good card like a 3080 or a 3090, we'll we'll just leave the 3090 out of it because that's too expensive. But a 3080 is is generally fast enough to do anything the 3090 can in games. Just a you know, it's like 10% slower or whatever. Um, you can do 1440p with DLSS 2.0 and get 60 frames per second in just about any of the ray tracing enabled games. So, you know, I think that's a good enough experience. But at, at the same time, NVIDIA's sitting there going, oh, we've got reflex and we've got 360 hertz monitors and you should have the lowest latency possible. And it's like, well, uh, you're not going to get anywhere near 360 frames per second with ray tracing. Um, and, and even with like the number of games that will hit 360 frames per second, even without ray tracing at lower quality levels, it's like, it's 
CSGO, it's uh, League of Legends. Maybe Overwatch gets into that 200 to 300 range, but there's not a lot of games that are zipping along at 360 FPS. So, um, you know, ray tracing, I, if you're okay with a 60 hertz monitor or 60 FPS gameplay, which judging by the consoles, a lot of people are, uh, you know, you can you can still enable ray tracing on your high-end graphics cards like a 3080. 3070 is it's probably more like a 1080p. 1440p is usually okay, but not always. Uh, you get down to like a 3060, I'm like, you better be playing at 1080p with DLSS because you're probably not going to get 60 frames per second otherwise. So um, I, I think you could play like Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever at 60 frames per second and enjoy it with ray tracing you're not going to be bringing home the battle royale chicken dinners wins whatever they're called um in Fortnite these days what do you think Matt? do you have any interest or any preference uh, or as to where ray tracing would be more um effective or of interest to you is he Matt frozen freeze? <laughs> <laughs> oh he's moving now okay good hey, Matt. Yeah, everything froze for about 20 seconds. <laughs> so I was just asking you what you thought about Naomi's question. Do you um, find ray tracing worth it for PvP games, or do you think it's better suited for something immersive, fantasy-type titles? I mean, I think the latter definitely would be more... I mean, it, that's also more the type of game that I would usually play. Um, I just, you know, again, there's not a lot of games that, you know are in that vein that I like have played or seriously want to play that have it enabled yet. So, you know, um, we'll see. You're not a control it's, guy. I am. I'm not. No. Did you ever try it? Uh, not really. I mean, I've seen it. I haven't really played it with ray tracing enabled. So yeah. it's funny too. Like some of the games that were announced, a year or more ago. I mean, when did Doom Eternal come out? It's been a while, right? Doom yeah. Eternal was promoted before it launched by NVIDIA as it would have ray tracing. Um, and I I hear that might still come, but it's not here yet. And Doom Eternal has been out for quite a while. And so like, it's kind of like Wolfenstein Youngblood. That was going to have ray tracing as well. And it eventually got it for reflections. It just took like, I want to say six months after it launched. And I I know some critics actually like the game all right. It's funny because I actually beat Wolfenstein Youngblood. I haven't even beaten most of the other Wolfenstein games, but I played through it. The story wasn't even that great, but I just kept playing it for whatever reason. And I did all of that without ray tracing. And then it's like three or four or five months later, whatever it was, the ray tracing patch comes out and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I got to re-download that and go check it out. And it makes a slight difference, but it's like, you know, if you're going to promote ray tracing, especially in a game that is a single player story driven game, like you can't release it six months after the fact and expect people to still care. Still care. Um, I mean, Shadow of the Tomb Raider did that too, right? Like it came out in... Uh, I think November, right after the 3080, or I'm sorry, right after the RTX 20 series launched. And then the ray tracing patch came out like March or April the following year. And everyone was kind of like, oh, we're over that. So if you're going to do ray tracing developers, please like get it in from day one. Otherwise, it doesn't matter nearly as much to gamers, I think. 
Um, so one of the things we talked about already is the need for the cards that support ray tracing and how they're hard to find. Um, somebody is asking about GTX upgrade drivers for ray tracing. Um, what's the deal, Jared, on those? So technically, if you have a six gigabyte GTX 10 series or GTX 16 series, you can in a lot of games. I don't think it's all games. It's it's kind of this weird hodgepodge where like the drivers support DirectX ray tracing, but some games still specifically check for hardware level support as opposed to driver level support, something like that. So my Minecraft ray tracing, they don't even let you try to run it without an RTX or DXR enabled card like NVIDIA, uh, sorry, AMD's RX 6000 series. Um, the other games that support it, it's like, 720p uh even on like a 1080 ti or and ironically just because of the architecture behind it um the the gtx 16 series like a gtx 1660 super they have what's called concurrent floating point and integer calculations on the turing architecture and that applies to the gtx 16 series even though it doesn't have the rtx or tensor course and that enables the gtx 1660 TI and Super, which are basically the same performance, um, those will often match or beat a 1080 TI, even though they have less memory and theoretically a lot lower performance because they're normally like a 1070. So, you know, 1070, 1080, 1080 TI from three generations back. And it's like, wow, so ray tracing really tanks performance hard on the GTX 10 series and 16 series cards when you turn it on. I want to say like car games like Metro Exodus uh, at 720p, you might get 30 frames per second. <laughs> so it's possible to play it, but it's it's not like a great solution. I would definitely take the higher resolution and frame rates of turning off ray tracing if you've got a GTX card. Cool, cool. Thank you, Jared. So Jared, I know you recently compared AMD and NVIDIA graphics card to figure out which GPUs are best for ray tracing. So you tested Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you tested all the latest RDNA 2 cards, Ampere cards, plus the fastest and slowest Turing cards from NVIDIA as well, um, running them with 10 of the current DirectX ray tracing games um, that work on both AMD and NVIDIA cards, plus two of the four games optimized specifically for ray tracing on AMD cards, which would be Dirt 5 and Godfall. So that article is on tomshardware.com right now. Um, but we have Jared here right now. So Jared, what did you learn from your testing? I mean, it's shocker. Like NVIDIA is actually faster at ray tracing and the more ray tracing you do, the more the gap grows. So first generation ray tracing games like Metro Exodus, um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, trying to think what else I, I looked at. I guess those, those might be the main two. Um, they only use ray tracing for one effect. Uh, oh. Watchdogs Legion. It's a more recent game, but it only uses ray tracing for reflections. So you've got global illumination in uh, Metro Exodus. You've got shadows in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and you got reflections in Metro in uh, Watchdogs Legion. And then I've also got Dirt Five and Godfall are both shadows only with ray tracing, and those were from AMD side. And when you're only doing the one ray tracing effect. Um, AMD is more competitive. And then also you shift over to games like Control or Fortnite or Minecraft or um, what's what's the other one I'm skipping here? Cyberpunk 2077. All of the games that start doing like three or four ray tracing effects, uh, the, the 
margin of victory for NVIDIA really starts to grow. So I think overall, what I what I found was like, if you throw ray tracing out of the picture um, and you take a, our collection of like 13 games that I've been testing recently, the 3090 is still the fastest graphics card, but the 6900 XT and the 6800 XT are right nearby. Um, they're a little bit slower, but not a huge deficit. Both of those usually come in ahead of the 3080. And that's that's not like in all games. So, you know, certain games will favor the 3080 over the 6900. <clears throat> but overall, looking at 10 games or, or so, you usually end up with AMD's fastest cards managed to beat NVIDIA's fastest cards. But as soon as you flip on ray tracing, the 3080 is like 30% faster than even the 6900 XT. And uh, and that's before turning on DLSS. <laughs> so uh, with DLSS 2.0 enabled, running quality mode, which is 2X upscaling, it's the highest quality DLSS mode. Like I've, I've looked at it, there's, there's a quality mode is 2X upscaling, balanced mode is 3X upscaling, performance mode is 4x upscaling, and then there's ultra performance mode, which is mostly kind of sort of whatever. It's intended for 8K monitors, and <laughs> I don't have one of those. I don't know about you guys, but they're expensive. Um, anyway, ultra performance mode is 9x upscaling, so um, ultra performance at 4K would be upscaling 720p to 4K. Um, if you're at an 8K, it would upscale 1440p to 8K. Uh, I didn't look at any of those but i've known i know in the past that when i have looked at them performance mode you can see like a loss in quality it's not horrible at 4k at 1080p it's very noticeable to me um balance mode it's usually okay again there's a, a bit of a noticeable loss in quality once you get up to the quality mode though even at 1080p i'm like you have to actually sit there and pixel peep and be like okay what's the difference between um standard resolution native rendering with TAA, temporal anti-aliasing, versus DLSS 2.0 quality mode. And if you look at them, it's really hard to spot like which one's better overall um, in motion. I'm like, it's it's easily a tie in terms of image quality in my mind. And the DLSS mode is obviously faster, usually like anywhere from 20 to 50% faster, depending on resolution and stuff. So I'm like, DLSS is just free frames. And that's very noticeable, especially if you're at like, 40 to 50 frames per second, and all of a sudden that bumps you up to 60, 70, 80 frames per second. Like that's the difference between super smooth and a little bit stuttery, depending on your your monitor, whether it's G-Sync or FreeSync or whatever. So overall then, like even though AMD has become a lot more competitive in standard rasterization games, and I think a lot of that comes from their Infinity Cache really helped out with the, you know, they've only got a 256-bit memory interface, which is less than the 3080, less than the 3090, but the Infinity Cache more than makes up for that when you're doing rasterization. When you turn on ray tracing, I think the Infinity Cache still hopes, but I just think that their ray tracing hardware is more like NVIDIA's first generation ray tracing hardware. So against the RTX 20 series, AMD looks better on ray tracing, but when you compare it to the latest Ampere architecture cards, the 30 series, uh, it's it's pretty much a landslide victory for NVIDIA there, assuming you could buy any of the cards. Right, and then but we also talk about DLSS, but that's something that the games would have, only specific games support again. Yeah, well, and if, if you, like, if you Google 
DLSS games list. There's a Wikipedia page that lists all of the games released. Uh, I, when I looked at, I don't think they missed anything. Um, but you know, it's Wikipedia, so it's it's not 100% accurate all the time. But it's it's better than most resources. It's better than anything Nvidia provides right now, which is sad. But they have a full list of all the DLSS games. You can also look for ray tracing games, and there's a Wikipedia page for that. Um, there are more DLSS games than there are ray tracing games now. Um, so you don't need ray tracing to enable DLSS. Uh, it's kind of like it works with games like Final Fantasy 15 um, have DLSS and well, Outsiders Outsiders recently came out and it has DLSS 2.0. Uh, Anthem had it. I don't know. There's, there's quite a few games that have DLSS without ray tracing. Um, it's built into, not built into, but it's my understanding is it's very easy to implement DLSS in Unreal Engine now that it's pretty much like a, a toggle switch where you import some library and say, hey, I want to enable this, and it, and it just works. Uh, Unity Engine is also getting DLSS support. I, I assume it's like there in beta form, but it's maybe not in the public release yet, but it's coming soon. So those are the two biggest game engines, and it means like developers, I if I were a game developer, I used to do software development, but not games. But if I were a game developer doing a 3D game, I'm like, why wouldn't you at least give users the option? Click a button, get more frames per second. So unless you're locking them into 60 frames per second and saying, thou shalt not go faster, um, I would enable DLSS with Unreal Engine or Unity Engine. So that's NVIDIA's advantage, They're, they've got that pole position first mover. They came to market with RTX and DLSS uh, two and a half years ago. AMD's got Fidelity FX super resolution that they're still working on. They first talked about it six months ago, and it still hasn't come out. But we might see it next month. I They don't have official confirmation of this, but they mentioned Fidelity FX with the Resident Evil Village game. So uh, I'm hopeful that that will be our first taste of fidelity fx super resolution and then we'll actually see how it compares um so i'll ask you matt because i know you've been covering these uh companies for a long time in terms of you know the never-ending battle between amd and nvidia um how important do you think it is for amd to catch up in terms of ray tracing performance granted you know we're here talking about you know it's on every game necessarily we want different levels of effectiveness but it is a feature it is it could be looked at as future proofing and you know the, these are direct competitors so what do you think i mean i think it's it's tough it's important uh and they're and amd is is definitely well behind i mean they're making some strides but they you know i also think that they have a little bit of a long-term advantage in their pocket by being in the consoles right i mean there's going to be a lot more development for uh the consoles than there will be for pcs and i think that's going to push the trend of things more in their direction just by default um you know again unless something else major happens um but I mean, I, but I think that, you know, DLSS is kind of, you know, in some ways underrated, uh, you know, when, when RTX first landed, it was like this big splash and then there weren't a lot of games, but there was like so much hype around it. And then, but with DLSS, like when it first came out, the version one kind of was seen as a dud. It like didn't look great and it wasn't that impressive. And then, 
you know, version two and like now, you know, it's, it's kind of, as Jared just said, it's taking off in more games. So, um, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, AMD is, is definitely behind. Um, they have a bit, you know, uh, they can pull out some stuff because they're in the consoles, but Nvidia has is ahead and has multiple weapons in in this area at the moment. So again, anyone who th- it'll <laughs> also come down to stock and availability. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting because like despite all the complaining about stock, um, like Intel and AMD have posted record profits for the past quarter. Um, you know, they basically sold everything they made kind of thing. Um, it looks like a lot of people actually are managing to buy both Ryzen 5000 as well as Radeon 6000 and RTX 30 series cards. Um, there's just not enough to go around to everyone who wants one, but they're, they're certainly out there. I, I would love to know, like, are we talking millions of cards sold or tens of millions or or what? I I suspect it's well into the millions range now for NVIDIA at least. I don't know if if AMD is quite that high, but I wouldn't be surprised if NVIDIA is in that like five to 10 million ampere cards shipped. I could be totally wrong, but that's that's the, the the frustrating thing is like no one actually says like Newegg does this shuffle almost every day of the week and you're like yeah but how many are there actually available that's what we all want to know and no one will tell you but uh, um, the console well, thing though is I was just gonna say there were more cards in the shuffle yesterday than I've ever seen which it's like hard not to think of that of that as like some indication, right? Like they're getting more stock because yeah. why would they have more options if they didn't have more stock, right? They had a lot of cards. They had a lot of cards today too. Like not not necessarily number of cards, right? Like it could be three of each one, but they had. Uh, I want to say there were like fifteen different GPUs. Well. G- combos listed today plus playstation or ryzen or something anyway i was gonna say on the consoles the interesting thing about the consoles is like they're not gonna push ray tracing to new levels they just can't because the fastest of the consoles right now is the xbox series x it has 52 compute units and it runs those at like two gigahertz or something. I'd have to look up the exact spec. So 52 CUs at two gigahertz. The the 6800 has 60 CUs running at uh, 2.25 or something like that. Anyway, it's it's slightly higher clocks with more CUs. Um, 6800 XT, 6900 XT have even more compute units. So all of those have more ray tracing power than even the best of the the new consoles right now. And as I show in my article, like NVIDIA's 3070 um, pretty much matches the best AMD desktop card right now in ray tracing performance before turning on DLSS. So it's one of those things where it's like the only cards that are, are that are capable of handling even higher levels of ray tracing are going to be like the 3080 and 3090. Whereas the consoles, the developers have to go in and specifically say, how do we use ray tracing to the best advantage? And I mean, Godfall is a good example. If you turn on ray tracing shadows in Godfall, um, it actually looks like they're dithering the shadows. It, it I don't think it looks good. <laughs> um, it looks like they they tried to optimize it so that they could cast less, cast fewer rays in order to do the shadows, and and it just like the end result is not 
as high of quality as I would like. And so if that's what we get from the consoles going forward, where they're like, ah, well, we'll render the scene at 4K, but then we'll ray trace at, you know, one-tenth of that or whatever, and you'll have dithering, like that's that's not really going to be a long-term solution that makes people go, oh yeah, ray tracing is awesome. We need it. Like what we need is not the 30 series, but we need like the RTX 40 series or the RTX 50 series and the AMD 7000 series and 8000 series. We need that level of hardware to really push ray tracing performance to where people will go, oh yeah, we can turn it on because we can still get well over 60 frames per second. So that's my take anyway, as, as nice as it is, like, yeah, <laughs> first gen. <laughs> I, well, I'm Santa really curious. Points out yeah. the Intel's coming yeah. to play with first gen ray tracing. Maybe that'll be the game changer. No, it's not. Like <laughs> I'll go on record. I'm I'm almost sure that Intel is not going to be the ray tracing game changer. Well, I I am very curious to see what they can manage. Like, um, DGX uh, the DG one card is like not super impressive it's kind of a proof of proof of concept rather than an actual discrete graphics card that people would want to buy and it's only tied into to oem systems like you buy a system from dell and you get this 20 watt dedicated graphics card i'm like what, what's the point but it does do well at video decoding and encoding stuff uh intel kind of hyped that up a little bit as hey this thing can do like four 4k 60 streams in HEVC at the same time. Because um, that's something that people are doing with their Dell systems, yeah, right? Yes, right? <laughs> exactly. But but for broadcast places, maybe that does matter. Anyway, DG2 supposed to be coming out sometime this year, we hope. Uh, that will have ray tracing. We, we suspect it will have um, 512 execution units. Intel's kind of variant on the compute unit or streaming multiprocessor that AMD and NVIDIA use. But how fast will those actually be in practice? And it's it's kind of this wild card. They could actually be really good, or they could kind of be mediocre, ho-hum. I mean, 4,096 GPU compute shaders, whatever you want to call those, that's what they're looking at at the top end, as far as I can tell. And, you know, the, the RTX 3080 has like 10,000 GPU compute units. So that's a, that's a pretty big deficit. It's not all apples to apples. So, you know, if, if Intel's compute units or shader streaming multiprocessors or whatever you want to call their execution units version, um, if it's really good and enhances on what we've seen in the past, they could be competitive. But I will be really, really surprised if they can even catch a 3080, never mind the 3090. And then when ray tracing comes into the picture, I think at best we're looking at like AMD levels of ray tracing right now. Cool. So um, keep your questions coming in. We will try to get into them at the end of the show. I see there are all there are already a couple that we'll get to. Um, so while you guys are getting your questions in, I want to take a moment to give you a preview of the latest um, mouse that we checked out at Tom's Hardware. Um, so Razer just released it this week. It's called the Razer Orochi V2. So we're going to do a little quick show and tell. <laughs> That's new, guys. <laughs> Fancy. 
So here we go. So here's the Razer Orochi V2. Let me make it a little bigger for you all. Um, so this is a wireless only mouse announced this week for $70, um, which is already a bit much. There are absolutely no cables, so it's wireless only. You get um, your option between Bluetooth or a dongle connection. So you would like flip this here and I'm freaking my computer out because it's already trying to pick up the Bluetooth connection. But that's actually a good thing. It's Bluetooth 5.1. So the pairing has been going pretty well um, for me. So no cables, it is completely battery powered and you can do either AA or AAA. AA will give you longer battery life. AAA will make it a little bit lighter. Is there um, a single battery? Yeah, so there are two slots, but you can only use one at a time. You have to pick. Um, so what else we got in here? So here's a dongle storage, which I love. I hate when there's no dongle storage because where am I supposed to keep my dongles? If not <laughs> in the mouse. I have a drawer of like 12 mouse dongles and I like, I need to spend like a day matching them up with mice. <laughs> That's exactly. Um, so one of the things I actually like most about this mouse is how it feels. Um, it's kind of hard for you to see, but there's a very slight texture that reminds me of like PBT plastic that they use in keycaps a lot, the more expensive kind. Um, so it's like slightly textured and it just feels a little bit more premium than a lot of those lightweight plastic gaming mice, especially like from Razer. Like they have a lot of really light ones that are good for like FPS games, but they they just feel like surprisingly cheap. This one feels like a lot more closer to its price um, than it is, but it's also a really tiny mouse. So let me try to show you a quick comparison as you guys are in the dark. <laughs> um, but here, so here, this is the Orochi V2 and this is like a regular gaming mouse. This is a Rocat Burst Pro. So it's like a little bit more of a standard size. This is with my Logitech Master 3. It's like a productivity mouse. So you can see it's like kind of small, um, but Razer designed it ideally, allegedly to accommodate different grip types. So what do we got? So here's like a nice palm grip and then you got your fingertip and then your claw and it moves around really easily because it's so light. And then it has like all these PTF E feet that I really enjoy too, because it's so small under here. This is actually like a significant portion of the underside. So it's just really easy to move around. Um, what else can I tell you about it? Um, you can hear the clicks maybe. They're mechanical switches rather than optical switches, which I actually prefer. I find the optical, I mean, I guess it depends on the feel of the actual button too, but these I actually enjoy. And then here's a little look at the scroll wheel. Um, so that's just a little preview. The full review is on the website now, and I am smoothly getting my camera back. <laughs> so um, what do you guys think? I like small portable mice, so it, it looks good to me. I had uh, a, like a small Razer mouse like five or six years ago. I don't remember what it was called. I used it a lot for like a year and then it just died. So. But I like the, the, you know, the choice of options for battery sizes. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I'm, I'm not totally sold on that. I'm like, you know what? Just give me one battery size and stick with it. Give me two battery slots for longer battery life if you want. But I, it's kind of novel. But, you know, I'm, I'm a wired mouse guy because what do I do for a living? I test desktops, you know. I don't, I don't need no stinking wireless. Uh, <laughs> I, I travel when I go to trade shows 
assuming we have trade shows again one of these days. Uh, I, I travel with a wired mouse because that's just how I roll. Not because I need wired. I, I don't think I have a wireless mouse sitting in my house anywhere. So, Sharon, you'll need to send me one. But <laughs> I, I, I have like I, 50. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't dislike them. It's just... I don't want to deal with batteries or anything, especially like on a desktop computer where you're not carrying it around. I'm like, why would you want to deal with that? But some people probably like the lighter weight or the lack of a cable to get in the way. So I get it. I just, it doesn't bother me enough to, to go wireless for my desktops. I prefer to at least have the cable. I just like recharging it and then you can use have the option to use it wired as well while it's charging. And I like to imagine that I'm not wasting precious battery and hurting the environment but I know it's just people, a drop in the bucket. People will I, argue adamantly for both sides of that, whether, you know, like having a rechargeable battery that plugs in is better or having, you know, one that uses a regular cell. Like, I mean, I think generally the ones that use replaceable batteries, a lot of times, I, I mean, maybe less so for gaming, but the battery lasts longer. So you may only have to charge it like once a year or twice a year. Um, I know some of the Logitech ones, advertise like you know multiple years of battery so it's like i mean if you only have to change the battery once every year or two it's you know i mean sure it's going to run out at an inconvenient time but effectively like it kind of lasts forever right <laughs> like but i don't mean you know and i have the 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 previous version of the logitech that you have sharon and it's like four years old and it's rechargeable but you know the battery's kind of you know, I have to charge it like every couple of weeks now, which is annoying. So, what have you got there, Jared? This is the only <laughs> connector you'll ever need. I mean, like, Paul's on here making fun of us. What do I think of PS2? Uh, this is, uh, to be fair, it's it's on a keyboard. It's not on a mouse. I I think I might have a PS2 mouse in my garage in a box that I haven't opened in probably eight years. But uh, yeah, end key rollover. Yeah. Uh, doesn't USB trump PS2 now? I don't know. I, I forgot that argument. It used to be all the all the hot topic because people said, "Oh, USB is slower than PS2." But uh, all I know is I'm not. I don't have that many fingers, and I'm not fast enough to tell the difference. Paul said it was a serious question. He's not <laughs> it's messing a serious with us. Question. <laughs> he's, he's a liar. That Paul is. That's what I tell you. I actually was looking at a $1,000 PS2 keyboard this morning. It's apparently like made for a specific program and it has like a dial and keys for the specific program that I can't remember. I had never heard of it before. Um, I mean, it wasn't charging you a grand for the PS2 though, but <laughs> I mean, that wow. might've been, it, it must've factored into some degree. I don't know. I um, still have somewhere. I've got my Kinesis keyboard, the Kinesis Advantage. It's one of those like super ergonomic keyboards and, like, uh, yeah, the, the, those were like 300 or $400, um, but uh, $1,000, no, that's that's a bit steep for a keyboard. <laughs> I know, this is what I do when I wake up. I look at all the things I can never have, check my email. <laughs> I usually do that at night and dr drift <laughs> off into some great dreams about not being able to afford things. <laughs> all right, so I guess we have some time for some questions. Um, the first one is my favorite from Asif. Um, why is your hand shaking while holding the mouse, Sharon? 
Well, <laughs> a couple of reasons. Is that actually. a why or is this just, just a statement? Maybe it's supposed <laughs> to be your hand. Oh, well, I have a, I have a reasoning. Um, one is because I'm probably holding the camera and like being weird and multitasking and trying to get the right angle. Two, I drank an energy drink right before this. And I usually <laughs> go sugar-free, but we are out of sugar-free today. So a little hopped up. And you, you obviously like beat the crap out of the people working upstairs because we haven't heard them at all. So yeah, a little. That's what you did with your time. energy. Um, so we have a question from the Turk. Hey Turk, have y'all tried any of the software-based retracing engines? So I played around with the uh, what's it? Reshade has like a. I'm trying to think what it's called now. It's I, there was someone did a reshade mod or effect or filter or whatever you want to call it that approximated ray tracing and like the net result I, I it was kind of impressive what they were able to do with the reshade but the uh the experience in like grand theft auto 5 or far cry the original or whatever it wasn't like universally good it, it's probably improved i haven't looked at it in a long time but it was still pretty intensive and like it, because it wasn't using ray tracing hardware it was kind of one of those things where if you had an rtx card you didn't get any real benefit from it so your your thing just performed you know if you looked at the non-ray tracing performance of like a 2080 versus a 1080 that was the speed up you got um I don't know, like there, there's also the Minecraft uh, filter or whatever it's called. Someone someone did more work on, it's the Java edition of Minecraft where there's a ray tracing uh, uh, mod that actually does global illumination. And it, it, it's kind of, it's possible in Minecraft because the mods and Java exposed more of what's going on in the background. So they were able to um, do various, calculations and because minecraft is all made of blocks it's like rather than doing rays tracing into pixels or into into complex geometry they're they're kind of casting rays into this block structure which they could optimize and make it run better um saw some videos and stuff i never actually tried it personally um because i had minecraft rtx so but they're they're not like bad but i think i think ultimately the hardware stuff wins out just because hey 10x faster ray tracing performance in hardware versus software like it's going to be hard to match that and i think that gulf is just going to increase in the future someday we'll have fully ray traced games that's that's my hope um i have a quick question um we know how there are different types of ray tracing is there a specific type or types that are more taxing on the GPU than others? You know, it, it's funny that they, like we categorize these things as type. Like if you go to Cinebench or, or Cinema 4D, that's a path tracing 3D rendering um, application that they use for movies and such, uh, or Blender does 3D rendering, ray tracing, path tracing, whatever you want to call it. And they don't sit there and break it down and be like, oh, well, we're only going to do reflections or we're only going to do this or that. They just call it global illumination. And they're, and what they mean is like, we are going to cast beams of light and find out how they bounce around and it will interact with the physical properties of the materials that are defined in the 3D models. And the end result is what you get and they do it for all the pixels in the screen and they don't try and like do this hybrid approach um 
games because they're doing a hybrid approach where they're like, well, we still want to be able to run on a non-ray tracing card. Um, so we'll render everything we can fast using rasterization and then we'll do like an extra pass and hey let's do a pass where we're doing shadow calculations and we'll uh, blend that together with the other rasterized results to get your shadowed version of the game or we'll do reflections or we'll do you know some lighting or whatever so it's it's an interesting difference that uh long term maybe that goes away but right now it's it's kind of um they they do different modes just because trying to do full global illumination where you're you're just casting rays into the environment and letting it render is super time consuming i mean even even with acceleration hardware like using quadro rtx cards i i think the hollywood stuff is still taking you know minutes per frame of movie so uh you know we're orders of magnitude too slow still but maybe it gets better and, and maybe we can um, get things where we're, you know, Minecraft says it's fully path traced. I, I don't even know if that's fully accurate, but NVIDIA likes to say it's path traced. Um, right now, it looks like kind of at the top, you have reflections are the most complex and, and it gets more complex if you do multi-bounce. So it's like, um, if something behind me is a mirror and it's just doing one bounce back to me, it's not that bad. But if you have multiple mirrors and it has to bounce multiple surfaces, um, you have to cast more rays and it takes more computational effort. Uh, there's a game demo for Bright uh, Bright Memory Infinite uses multi-bounce reflections. Um, I don't think the multi-bounce is like super critical, but you can see a few differences if you go from one bounce to two bounces. Uh, refractions are not something I think games are really doing a lot of just because it's, I, I think it's kind of not that important. Like you can fake refractions pretty easily and people won't care that they're not wholly accurate. Uh, shadows and ambient occlusion and diffuse lighting, those all start get, to get into the like, how accurate do you want to, them to be? So I think, I don't know if shadows is easier or, or more difficult than diffuse lighting, but uh, they both seem to end up with kind of similar performance hits. But the, the end result is really just a matter of like, if you're doing reflections, how many reflective surfaces are in the game? You know, if only a third of the, the screen has a reflective surface, well, then you only need to cast ray tracing on those one third of the pixels in theory so you can speed things up that way but but generally speaking i, th I think re reflections is the most difficult to do there goes my game idea for uh a game on the ocean in a boat full of mirrors <laughs> never been done before i'm still waiting for um what's it called atomic heart like that was mentioned like they showed videos mm -hmm. of it a year and a half ago, probably. Mm -hmm. And it's still like coming. I think it's supposed to come out this year. It's a Russian developer game. But uh, I know they were, they have one effect where it shows like a hall of mirrors effect where you've got two opposing mirrors. So you get the infinitely bouncing back and forth mirror effect. So that'll be, I'm interested to see if the game's any good more than, more than anything. But if it's good, I hope the ray tracing actually makes it better. 
Great. So I think um, we went through a lot today. There's still a lot more to explore, though, with ray tracing. Definitely head to tomshardware.com, everyone's favorite website. Check out Jared's article. There's a lot of great benchmarks showing the performance that you get with ray tracing on or off and with DLSS, different resolutions, um, great things like that. Um, also, go to tomshardware.com and check out my article. I almost forgot my review of the Razer Rochi V2 almost as amazing as Jared's article. Um, <laughs> so please also, I'm gonna keep begging you to do stuff for me. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, check out the rest of our videos, and also download the show as a podcast if you prefer to do that. Um, so thank you to Jared, our GP guru, and Matt, our managing editor and fearless leader. Thank you so much for joining us today. That is our show. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye.